Welcome to episode 72 of Crack the Customer Code, the podcast all about how to keep customers happy today and into the future. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm very happy to be here with my customer-centric comrade and co-host, Adam Toporek. Ah, comrade. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. We do a couple more episodes and we'll get really creative. I know. We're, we're <laughs> what running. We call each other. <laughs> we're running out of just words, much less alliteration. <laughs> well, I'm super excited about the interview we have today with Matt Phillips. He thinks so much about innovation and the future of customer experiences. And I think we should get to that as soon as we can. But before we do, I believe you have a message for us, Adam. Yes, want to bring mind-blowing, that's right, Jeannie, I said (laughs) mind-blowing, customer service training to your team. CTS Service Solutions offers a half-day in-person workshop designed to motivate and educate your customer-facing team members. Using energy, excitement, and interaction, our workshop helps frontline teams embrace a customer-centric outlook. Then, using the principles from our book, Be Your Customer's Hero, gives them the skills and confidence they need to handle any service interaction. Don't leave your frontline team hanging, Jeannie. Give them the <laughs> training they deserve. Learn more at CustomerHeroWorkshop.com. That is CustomerHeroWorkshop.com. If you'd like to reach the specialized audience of customer service and customer experience leaders by being a show sponsor, you certainly can. Go to CrackTheCustomerCode.com sponsor for full details. So Adam, I'm so excited about having Matt Phillips on our show today, and I think He's going to really have a lot of um, insights that people can learn from in this interview. Well, Mia, Matt is so sharp, and I learned a lot from him about the future. And one thing I learned is I always assumed that if the robots took over, it would be like Terminator style. It would be some kind of defense department computer. (laughs) But apparently, Skynet will become self-aware in a hotel (laughs) somewhere in America. (laughs) Yes. So listen in. So I'm thrilled to welcome Matt Phillips to the program. Matt Phillips is president of management consulting firm Phillips & Company. Launched in 2003, their area of expertise is breakthrough strategy, the development of innovative new products, services, and experiences. Their clients include Paramount Pictures, Dell, Hyatt, Bath & Body Works, SC Johnson, major ad agencies, and innovation-driven mid-sized companies. Matt holds an MBA from the Kellogg School of Management and is a graduate of the Second City's Advanced Program in Improvisation. In addition to consulting, he is giving keynote addresses on the creation of breakthrough experiences around the world. And now let's listen into our interview with Matt. So, hey, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, we're so happy to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being here. Now, Jeannie told me that you were on your way to Helsinki, Finland, but just sitting here with this microphone in front of my mouth, I can only think of that scene in Die Hard where the like blowhard uh, guy was like Helsinki, as in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to reference that in. But tell us a little bit. That's exciting. Why are you going to Finland? Yeah, uh, so so Helsinki is in Finland. I've, I've, uh, it'll be my fourth time. Um, so I'm speaking at a, a hotel and a restaurant conference, but they're uh, incredibly gracious hosts. The, so the first time I was there was about uh, eight years ago. Uh, doing a keynote at this conference, we're sitting at a dinner with the other speakers and someone mentions the Finnish tradition of ice swimming, which is, you know, when it's 20 degrees out, they will cut a hole in the Bay of Finland and jump in. And so mm. 
after a glass or two of wine, I said, where can I buy some swim trunks? And um, <laughs> about two days later, my colleague and I went over there, uh, jumped in. The water was, was actually colder than ice. It's just moving. that keeps it, keeps it uh, liquid. And um, it, it was just insane. I, I learned that hyper-cold water does not feel cold. It feels like fire all over <sighs> your body. And so I was in and out in about four seconds, but then there was a, this woman who was like 65 doing the backstroke. So <laughs> Unbelievable. They've got some hardy people in Finland. Now, do they have safety harnesses or any kind of rope or anything? Because I've jumped in not, nothing like that, but pretty cold water and your lungs really just, you know, you stop being able to breathe. Yeah, uh, they don't, but uh, they might have to look into that. They, they've joked around. They've said that uh, ice swimming is considered the, the Finnish EKG. Because <laughs> if your heart doesn't work, you find out right away. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. So, good. <laughs> I hope you did that after you did the work for them so that they knew. Yes, yes. <laughs> they always tend to put that at the end. <laughs> So, Matt, I've known you for a while, and I'm really fascinated by the approach you take with things because it's really about developing breakthrough experiences. Um, and so I'm wondering kind of how – I think a lot of people want to do that, and a lot of people read books on it and write books on it, but how does one actually do that? How do you develop a breakthrough experience? Yeah, so so that's that's been our fascination for 12 years. Um, we're, we're not the folks who are going to fix your call center or, or tweak something. We, we get called in when people want to truly create something new. Um, so we always tell clients the first thing to do is actually kind of fix the status quo. So if there's major problems or clear holes in the boat, fix those because it's hard to focus on doing something completely uh, revolutionary while you've got problems. Um, so with that aside... We then start to think about sort of uh, a spectrum of customer experience. So on, if you imagine uh, a, a you know, horizontal spectrum, you can imagine uh, expected on one side and unexpected on the other. And there's really no customer experience you want to have that's completely unexpected, where you don't know how to walk in, check out, buy something, what have you. Um, at the same time, unexpected can be fun. So if you think about the world of hotels, uh, some hotels, like uh, like a residence inn, um, you want it to be largely expected. You know where the bed mm -hmm. is, you, you know what the music is, that sort of thing. At the other end, you might have a place like uh, the, the W, where you, you go there because you want unexpected. So one of the things we try to figure out up front is, where on that spectrum do we want to fall? Um, are, are we trying to provide kind of a transcendent uh, experience to people, or... Uh, are we trying to stay close in but just make the experience much better? Um, so beyond that, there's a really simple tool we've used, and it's the word as. So just A-S. So you can reinvent an experience very quickly with a three-word sentence. So for example, um, hotel as nightclub. And that's essentially what the W was. Mm -hmm. um, they, in the early days, they said, what if it wasn't really a hotel? What if we think like nightclub people, but it happens to be a hotel? So you end up with a, a lobby that's very active. You end up with really cool, well-dressed people working there um, and in kind of a casual approach. You know, the, the Apple store, you could argue, is uh, sort of computer store as luxury museum. So, <laughs> they, um, so we know they modeled the interior of the store in part after museums, their mm -hmm. customer experience uh, training method was was modeled after Ritz Carlton. 
So, so a big secret, I think, to bringing new ideas to your industry is to stop looking at your industry mm-hmm. and to, to look over the fence and say, who's doing something really amazing that my competitors aren't doing, uh, and how can I steal those ideas? Well, I uh, have to share that many, many years ago, kind of before the movement of the W's and the cool boutique hotels, um, when, you know, hotel, the whole hotel experience was pretty much on that expected end <laughs> of the yeah. spectrum, I would say. Uh, I stayed at the Soho Grand sh- in New York shortly after it opened. And one of the things that totally stood out to me was how there was, they had made the bed, like made bed and then they had thrown this like beautiful throw blanket like cashmere throw blanket over it <laughs> like yeah. just thrown it on and I remember thinking like oh it's like I'm staying in someone's house and <laughs> I I felt so comfortable but the funny part is every single and I've only noticed this with women I will say but every single woman I know who stayed there we've all commented on it <laughs> we've all been like the throw how it's just thrown across isn't that cool <laughs> like huh. there's something about it and it was just this little thing and it was a very unique hotel uh, especially at the time because it was very modern um and hip and cool and all those things but also that little touch um because it was a consistent touch point but it was so unexpected and it came across with what they were trying to do I thought it was a really unique way to just up the ante a little bit of the customer experience, and it goes right into what you're talking about. So, yeah, I'm 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 planning on stealing your story if that's okay. <laughs> that's that's a great story. There's I, a, um, I don't know, Matt. If you steal the story about uh, noticing the throw pillows, you may, you may have to revoke your man card. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a consultant. I get to talk about what I guess. That's um, awesome. There's a similar story that goes along with this sort of um, you know stealing from other I- industries concept. And they were uh, thinking about reconcepting the way that uh, Starbucks stores are designed. Uh, they built a lab at Starbucks headquarters, and on one of the walls in sort of this inside the prototype store they were uh, building, they were basically just building mood boards. So people had ripped things out of magazines or done sketches, and they were just slapping them all up on the wall. And they stood back at one point and they said, "That wall looks really cool." <laughs> so, um, so that little moment of serendipity is what then turned into the montage that was on the walls um, mm-hmm. in hundreds of Starbucks for many years. Huh. So, uh, so I've got to believe that that your throw story may have happened the same way, where someone did it once, someone commented on it, and then it became part of the way they do it. Mm-hmm. So that's Very that's cool. really cool. And I love that whole concept because I really think that's a lot of what is driving the future. Take even something as simple, not simple, but like Uber. They really said, you know, what, what happens if we put Airbnb onto taxis, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's really uh, having that outside lens gives you so many creative ideas and so many different ways to look at something. So it's a brilliant idea. And I think it is sort of driving the future. And I know you've worked in a lot of futuristic hotels and theme parks. So tell us, we're going to give you the big prediction. Get your crystal ball out. What is the future of customer experience? Oh my gosh! So we 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 we've, <laughs> we've we've had the good fortune. Uh, in fact, the, the thing I'm doing in Finland is I'm doing an hour on the future of hotels, um, and we've worked in all kinds of crazy stuff. So so where to start? I'll, I'll give you a few. So um, so if you look at uh, millennials and even more so Gen Z today. So Gen Z is those who are age five to twenty. Um, Gen Z especially sees very little difference between digital and physical. So if they're sitting at Thanksgiving dinner with you, and they've got their head down, and they're texting their friends. 
it's not because they're trying to remove themselves from the room. They're actually trying to pull their friends into Thanksgiving dinner. So that the line between physical and digital is, is very blurry. So if you take that into where experiences will go, um, things like uh, Microsoft's uh, HoloLens, or if you've even played with um, Google Cardboard, there are these uh, kind of head-mounted virtual reality uh, devices with just incredible immersive software. And people are still figuring out how to use these. But if you've ever had a chance to put on virtual reality headsets and look around, after 30 seconds, if you take it off, it is like teleporting back to the room you're in because it's so immersive. So, um, so I think virtual reality and augmented reality will find its way in. We're still at the very early days, and it's kind of cumbersome right now, but that's, that's coming. Um, another sort of trippy thing is, is uh, automation. So there's a number of um, hotels and retail firms that are playing with the idea of sort of uh, butler robots. So in Silicon Valley, there's uh, a number of hotels that have this little robot uh, that if you're in your room, you can call down, let's say you forgot toothpaste, call down to the front desk or use an app and say, hey, I forgot my toothpaste. They will uh, drop the toothpaste into the top of the robot lock the top, he will then find his way through the elevator all the way to your guest room. When he gets there, he calls your app, your phone rings so you know it's actually the robot, open the door, he pops open his locked lid, you take out your toothpaste. And then what the the designers of this robot found was um, they put a thing on the touch screen of the robot that said rate your experience between one and five stars. And if you click on five stars, he will do a little dance and go (laughs) and sing a little bit and people love it. So I've seen this thing. I've played with it in person and um, you know, it's a very simple looking device, but you find yourself loving this little Mm -hmm. robot. So, um, so, so things like that, I I think are the future, Uh, you know, one last thing just away from technology, I think is a bigger and bigger step toward immersive experiences so take something like the Ace Hotel that's in New York and L.A., uh, or even like a camper shoe store, where they've just created something that's so different that when you walk in, you're like, where am I? Mm-hmm. So one interesting data point is um, at Universal Studios in Orlando, uh, perhaps the, the best theme park attraction uh, of the last 20 years is the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And you get to go in. Um, interact, do magic, uh, be in the Harry Potter world. So a crazy thing is that kids from local schools in Orlando will buy a season pass um, to to Universal Studios, and every day after school, they'll take their homework and go and sit in the exhibit and do their homework. (laughs) Wow. So they want to be in Harry Potter world, and it's kind of that large hall, right, that Mm -hmm. you see in the movies. Um, But... But people love it. People love huh. it. So they want to merge these kind of immersive other worlds with their real life. Uh, and, and I think, again, we're at the very early stages of this, but it's a big opportunity. And, you know, you've spoken a bit here about hotels. And I know recently you just uh, helped create, really, a new luxury hotel brand named Archer. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, a, a client came to us who we've, we've done previous work for, and they said, we want to create a new luxury brand. We just bought a piece of land in, in midtown Manhattan in the fashion district. 
uh, let's make a fashion hotel. And so we said, interesting idea, let's go look. So we surveyed the area and we actually found that there are five somehow fashion-related brands right in that area already. So we said, what if we did something else? You know, especially if you build a second one of these somewhere else in the country, a fashion hotel in Topeka, Kansas, may that work, right? <laughs> so maybe it would, I don't know. So, um, so we did what I mentioned before. We looked over the fence and looked at everything but hotels, uh, the maker movement and what's happening in celebrity culture and all sorts of things. And we ended up creating a brand um, called that we called Archer based on a hidden, uh, never-seen character. So imagine sort of a, a man of the world, a sophisticated world traveler who's uh, highly successful and probably spends half his life uh, in a tux going to benefits mm. and the other half in jeans. He's the kind of guy that both men and women would love to hang out with and you know, have a beer or a cognac. So, <laughs> so as we, we created this thing, we thought, could we create a brand that's not just about a beautifully designed hotel, which it is, or it's, it's, it's uh, up and running now, it's, a, it's an incredible hotel, but unlike the design hotel movement that's happened over the last 10 or 15 years, could we put a human soul into it? So um, throughout your experience staying at Archer, you see human touches coming from this unseen character. Uh, notes are hand-signed, uh, they say fondly Archer. Um, and, and many of the, the things actually come from the voice of the brand. Uh, he's got a bit of a 007 aspect to him. So um, they had us concept the rooftop bar. We called it Spyglass. Oh, nice. And, uh, and then we suggested uh, to mount brass spyglasses around the perimeter of that rooftop deck. So the coolest thing about that experience then was after going through, uh, and it doesn't happen quickly, we spent months sort of getting to this uh, fully uh, sort of refined concept. It, 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 at that point, it essentially just lived in a PowerPoint deck. The, the hotel wasn't built and um, they were just hiring staff. The, the vice president of marketing of the hotel company had to start training people and they would do a 20-minute talk on what Archer would be. Um, and the coolest part of the whole experience was that at the end of those 20-minute talks that she gave, people would raise their hand and say, I love this. I wish I could meet this guy. Like they, they had come to, to love the brand, uh, a brand that didn't exist and was only in PowerPoint. So, so I think in, in terms of crafting experiences, th that's one of those signs that you might have something cool. When you can just describe it in a few minutes or show a few slides mm -hmm. and you go, wow, I can't wait to experience that. Cool. That is really a great example. Yeah, that's neat. I love the uh, the Archer persona. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, so wrapping up here, let me ask you a question. Outside of the hotel industry, are there any brands you've seen recently that are delivering truly innovative customer experiences? Yeah, um, so, so I mentioned two. Um, so there's a company called Beta Brand, and I believe they're in San Francisco, and just betabrand.com. I, I, I don't know them. I've never met them, but I've just watched their brand grow. Uh, they're essentially a clothing brand, but they experiment and innovate in the wide open. So they have mm -hmm. a part of their, their website and their social media feed that's just showing you stuff that is sort of half-formed, and, and they let people comment on it, vote on it. So there's a hint of Kickstarter about it, but they're just almost flamboyant in the way they they sort of express the, the passion of their work. Um, so beta brand is very cool. Um, I've, I've actually uh, 
blogged about them a little bit because I've been impressed by the same thing. And it's almost crowdfunding their pilot programs with their clothing lines. It's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And the, the principle behind it, I think, that makes it work is that uh, if you want to create truly breakthrough experiences, one um, you know attribute of that is that you don't know what's going to work. So if you mm-hmm. know if it's going to work or not, it's probably not uh, you know highly innovative or, or risky. Um, so what they're doing is basically just throwing stuff against the wall, the social wall, mm-hmm. and seeing what sticks, which is so cool. Um, and then one other one, there's a company called Best Made Company uh, out of New York, and they start out making axes, like an axe you would chop a tree down with. But um, even though it's a very young brand, um, they've expanded into multiple product lines, and their their brand, as I see it, is basically um, sort of helping the office worker be a cool outdoors person, right? So you can, <laughs> you can buy an axe for $300. But they've created just a very um, immersive uh, customer experience, even though most of it's online. So they've got beautiful videos, books, uh, stories that they tell, and, and, and it's not about selling stuff. It's about selling a lifestyle. Um, so mm. for such a small brand, they've just done a fantastic job. Those are great examples. Uh, and I think it's re- it really does talk about what's happening and what, what is going to appeal to people next. It's not necessarily these big companies that we've all heard of. It's these upstarts that are figuring out that if they include their customers earlier in the process and if they react in the right way and all the things that are so essential, that that is really what creates this long-term success. So great. And I'm not surprised that this was a fantastic conversation. It's just what I expected. So thank you for for joining us. And I can't wait until we can dig in on another project together. And I think it's great uh, that you're looking at the world this way because customers will appreciate it. So thanks for being with us today, Matt. Yeah, great stuff, Matt. Thank you so much. Thanks. My pleasure. We hope you enjoyed episode 72 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all of our episodes at crackthecustomercode.com. And we all know it. We love the feedback. (laughs) And I'm Jeannie Walters. Sign up for customer experience webinars at cxwebinar.com and learn more about how to understand all your customer touch points at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tapork. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.